the youth movement in Pittsburgh is officially in full swing. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors, where you can find all the parts you need to create your perfect vehicle. And it feels like the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates might have just tried to do the same thing, Gary. Uh, I feel like that was a good lead in there because uh, I jokingly tweeted yesterday, and Gary, hope you're Good as always. I jokingly tweeted yesterday at our Locked On Reds host in a direct message and said, are the Pirates having their Reds moment? And he was like, why? And then I put the tweet out that we were calling up three people. And I was, he was like, yeah, sounds about right. And um, domino effect for sure, because I told everybody yesterday I was going to do a show uh, recapping the Giants series. Didn't really think I needed to. Uh, there was not <laughs> a lot there. And then all this started happening. I was like, okay, cool. So I'll talk about this. I'll talk about ND coming up and all that stuff. Quinn Priester, we already knew about. And then Pagaro gets thrown in there too. And I was like, okay, let's let the smoke clear a little bit. But I think, and to the credit of Derek Shelton, folks, yes, to the credit of your manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Derek Shelton, he said this. He said this was going to happen. He said youth was going to be a big component of the second half of the season. Clearly, he was not lying, as Quinn Priester, Eddie Rodriguez, and Leo Piguero are all called up. Um, technically, it's two debuts. I've seen everybody say three. Technically, it's two. Piguero played last year for three games. Um, but I still consider it a debut because I think he'll be up here longer than three games. What were your immediate thoughts, Gary? I mean, I know it has to be – positive i would assume but like what were your immediate thoughts i mean have your expectations healthy man i it yeah i don't expect uh i don't expect quinn priester to be ready to come up here and stick yet i think he's probably got some work yet to do um Pigaro just started hitting about a month ago let's hope that sticks um shortstop he's been an error machine for most of his minor league career so i don't know how he'll do at the major league level yeah the bat is important i'm excited to see it um and andy you know he's gonna catch just like you know we've been telling you it was gonna happen for a long time that the organization sees him as being ahead of henry davis as a catcher that's what they're going to allow to happen, and Hedges is going to slip back into the background. You're not going to see him much. Um, the biggest complaint about Hedges moving forward now is that he's a terrible option off the bench to hit. I mean, like, yeah. so he really has no purpose except for, like, catching one or two games a week, and and that's being generous because I think they plan to start working Henry Davis back in. So I, I don't know. I I'm not, like 
thinking it's transformative. I don't think this gets us back in the playoff race or something, but it, it's something that I knew was coming. You've yeah. been following my stuff for a long time, Ethan. I wrote this in 2020 that this is exactly how this would pan out. By the end of 2023, and here's a direct quote from me in 2020. Uh, the, the team will flirt with 500 in 2023. And they'll have a team by the end of 2023 that you'd feel comfortable returning to spring of 2024 with identified holes to fill. I wrote that in 2020, Ethan. I don't do that to pat myself on the back. I do that because that's how obvious what they were doing was. Oh, yeah. And it's something that all year that I've told people all year that even at 20 and 8, that was not going to be the best version of this Pirates team that you would see. It has been up to this point, but I'm talking player-wise, like what team you would feel. Because you can't tell me that right now, and albeit we haven't seen these guys play yet, but I would take the lineup they're probably going to create tonight over the lineup they were creating in April. April, again, they were just playing over their heads. We all know this. It, it's pretty evidently clear now. The other thing about it, too, is the thing that I'm most enjoying about this is, like you said, it's not transformative. It's really not. You could joke about having your Reds moment all you want. If you do, great. Awesome. It happens. That I mean, that's really the, the best option here. If it doesn't, these guys now get, it's what, July 17th? They will get major league experience from July 17th to the beginning of October if they don't make the playoffs. What's important is the rest of this year now gets spent, yeah, trying to win. You want to mm -hmm. win with these kids. You want them to experience yeah. that. You want them to learn how to win, and you want them to learn from the veterans while they can. But I think by the end of the year, the thing that we really need to focus on mostly is having guys decide they are for sure a part of this thing mm -hmm. in the 2024. I mean, when we come to spring next year, it will not be a group of completely unseasoned prospects fighting for spots on this roster. It's going to be a big group, too big of a group for a 26-man roster to fight for playing time in the regular season. You're going to have guys like Castro fighting for a spot. You're going to have guys like Marcano and Bay fighting for a spot. It's going to be a dogfight. It really is. There's no guarantee Piguero wins. We're, we're talking about this right now. We, we don't even discuss O'Neill Cruz. Like, we don't even discuss that. I mean, we lost what many believe was our biggest offensive threat all year. That's still here. Mm -hmm. So to just discount that as like, ah, that happened. Injuries happen. Yeah, injuries do happen. You're right. But <laughs> look at what happened to the Mets when they lost Verlander and Scherzer for a while. You lose transformative players, you lose a lot. Yeah. And the thing is also with him, he is still kind of a guy, albeit O'Neill Cruz, phenomenal player to watch very good player is going to probably end up being a very good player, but it also stings even more to your point that injuries do happen, but wouldn't you have really liked to get O'Neill Cruz 
some odd 200 at bats by now, yep. 250 at bats by now. You just know. I mean, it. especially against left-handed pitching. That's that's, what that's they been lost. his thing. That's yeah. So lost. now when he comes back, think about the fact that from April to July or August, if he even does come back, who knows? Um, I'm assuming he will, but there has been like it's still July. He still has time to figure it out. July 17th, taking ground balls on his knees. Yeah, which is good based well, off of the injury that it's he had. good, but it's. It's also not making it feel like August 1st he's coming back, right? No. So, I mean, you're talking about, like, end of August, probably September. You're probably going to get him back. Either way, here's a guy that lost his entire second season. And yep. we what, what that means is that now come 2024, O'Neill Cruz is no longer, like, what we hoped he would be by 2024. We hoped in 2024... O'Neill Cruz would be a relatively settled in younger burgeoning star. That's what we hoped. Now you're going to hope that in 2025, you're going to watch him fight through all that in 2024. He may come out and just light the world on fire. Like Ellie Daly Cruz is doing, but Ellie Daly Cruz also hasn't been punched in the face yet. Nope. Ellie Daly Cruz also hasn't been injured yet. There's a lot of things that happen. In, in baseball that's one thing and the injury yeah it sucks for this year's record but it sucks more for basically building your team out yep. you want to know what o'neill cruz is you wanted to know this year is he going to be a shortstop or not and what we've learned is he better be because boy we don't have anybody else and that's not great no <laughs> and it's and i don't really think they want I don't want to say they don't want it to happen, but I don't think the expectation would be to have Jared Triolo be your full-time shortstop. I, I just don't think that's something they would have an expectation for, but if he plays well, he plays well. And you bringing up the, well, I brought up the point of losing at bats. Let's remind ourselves that we've seen this story before with another person who is also currently injured right now. My first full season covering this team, Key Brian Hayes literally got hurt the second day of the season and was out for three months. I was using the same exact point then that I'm using with O'Neill Cruz now is Hayes had that phenomenal 2020, hits a home run on opening day, he was riding a high, and then he lost three months of his career and arguably has not been the same since that injury happened. He's been a very good player. He's been very good defensively. We already knew that. Same thing with O'Neill Cruz. It's just a complete uh, reverse with Cruz. You know he's going to hit. You know he's going to figure the stuff out eventually. Can he play defense full-time at shortstop? These are all questions that we have to ask, and we'll ask more questions about Quinn Priester, Andy Rodriguez, and Leover Piguero, as well as the fact that I believe they now have like seven of their top 20 prospects on the team. Yeah. So um, I don't know if they'll be available today. I didn't check, but I can actually check right now on the Sleeper app because Sleeper is absolutely awesome. Um, you may be able to bet on these guys on Sleeper tonight and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit on mobile only, of course. Uh, I don't know if Sleeper does this kind of stuff right away. Uh, it does not appear that they do. Uh, yeah, so you cannot choose between these guys is Andrew McCutcheon 
Gary, do you think he could get less than half a strikeout? So is he going to strike out once? You know, you could do that. Uh, you could also do cut stolen bases if you wanted to. You could do fantasy points, total bases, singles, Brian Reynolds. Is he going to hit a home run tonight? Who knows? Uh, if you want to win 100 times your money on Daily Fantasy Baseball, Sleeper is now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Use the promo code Locked On, you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. It's currently operational in over 30 states, so check out Sleeper today. If you also want to listen to the hometown broadcast, make sure you download the Sirius XM app at XM app. It's always a fun little time to listen to one of the radio guys. I don't know who it uh, is going to be for this Guardian series. But this is, again, it's it's very interesting that I will still go on record as saying I don't think Quinn Priester was ready yet. Do the Pirates have a choice? Not really. <laughs> I mean, they kind of do. I don't think they had a choice, but they lost, you know, Ortiz. I think he, he showed some some warts that they felt were fixable if they, if they sent him back down and had him work on it. I, I think Ortiz is closer to figuring out his issues than Rowanzi Contreras. Rowanzi Contreras all the way down to the FCL. I mean, and we just saw the Blue Jays do the same thing with Alec Manoa. Mm-hmm. So it's not as though it's unprecedented to see something like that, but still who among us didn't have Rowanzi Contreras in their starting rotation for the next five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge blow to see a guy like that go down. Most of us didn't even know Ortiz's name before last August, right? So he wasn't necessarily in your plans. But things like that happen, and, and they they can screw everything up. I still think Quinn Priester was on schedule for a September call-up type situation. More than happy to see him get his call up. I just don't think that he's going to ultimately be successful. I think yeah. he's going to find out that having uh, very little movement on his fastball gets punished in the major leagues. And it's going to cause him to go back to the shop and work on it a little bit. But Which, which is something I feel like you would want to do this year. Like this is something as we keep talking about. Figuring things out this year, Gary made the point earlier, you want to find these guys that are going to be a part of your team next year that, hey, I know that I have Brian Reynolds in left field or Hayes at third or Sawinski in center, Cruz at shortstop. Like You want to start kind of knocking this stuff off the board and, as you said in your 2020 excerpt, having clear holes to fill. You want that to be a thing because then when Charrington goes into the offseason – Instead of just throwing darts at a dartboard trying to find pitchers that are going to be good, you can figure out the fact that, okay, I have four starters. I only have to go get one or two, max. Maybe first base becomes a thing with Carlos Santana getting older. You want to figure these things out now, though. And I I know it's frustrating for everybody with them now being 41 and 52, especially after the start but I would rather have it happen this year. This is not the stuff that you want to see the Pirates doing next year. You want to see them doing it to some degree, but you don't want it to be the focal point of the entire season that, oh, we need to see what Quinn Priester can do, or we need to see if Rowanzi could figure it out, or we need to see, like, 
like that's the other thing about the O'Neill Cruz thing. You don't really want to have to see if O'Neill Cruz could play shortstop next year, but you're probably going to have to. Henry Davis and his catching stuff. Figure it out now. Let him rotate in there with Andy Rodriguez. Let the growing pains be growing pains, and that's where you see on the side I have expectations. Gary's kind of hinted at it already. They're not going to light the world on fire, folks. They might. They very well could. At the the same time, though, you have to walk a line. Yeah. Like, if you really think Henry Davis is deficient behind the plate, which, bluntly, I do, and I think the team does, and his one inning in the majors tells me that I wasn't wrong. I saw a lot in that one inning that, that if he was going to be even average, I wouldn't have seen. Um, they have a lot of work to do yet with him. It doesn't mean that he will stink. And over the offseason, he is a worker. He will figure some things out. Yeah. Um, and I believe he'll get more opportunity this year. But you don't want him in his current state catching a guy like Mitch Keller who has his own things he's fighting for. He's fighting for his own contract. He's fighting for his own career. He's potentially fighting for a Cy Young. I mean, he's got a ways to go for that. Spencer Strider might have to die, but <laughs> yeah. But but I'm saying like he he's he's in the midst of throwing a really good season. You don't want to throw a kid back there for him. If in fact, I wouldn't even be opposed to Austin Hedges being his personal catcher the rest of the year, just to let him have the strongest season he possibly can. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not opposed to that at all. Obviously, you would have the hole in the lineup with Hedges, but if it means that you're going to consistently get seven innings of one-run work for Mitch Keller and Austin Hedges is helping that, I think that's just fine. And for Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis, too, I do think, and Mitch isn't old. I'm not going to say Mitch is, like, old here, but he is a veteran player by this point. Like, he's been at the big league level for a while. Um, I think it will be beneficial for any Rodriguez, especially tonight. I would like to see him catch tonight. I think he will with Quinn Priester starting. I do think that'll kind of, you know, loosen him up a little bit because I, I believe think there's about zero doubt. That's what they're going to do tonight. Let's hope so. Cause uh, they, they love to surprise everybody, but I hope that's not a surprise that we get. But I do think that'll help kind of loosen those two up, being the battery that they were in Indianapolis. Um, obviously, that's not going to be like a, it might be a consistent thing. Maybe that's something they see for Quinn Priester that can help him. Leover Pagaro, I like you said, error machine in AAA all through his minor league career at shortstop. Does he figure it out? This team has too many second basemen for him not to. It, it's getting to that point is once O'Neill Cruz comes back, as you mentioned, they have a lot of guys that are just going to kind of have to figure it out and fight for one spot. And I jokingly keep saying this, is we're going to have this game conversation two years from now once Ramar Johnson is ready to come up. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, all these middle infielders we have, guess what? The number one overall prospect in our system is ready to come up too. Well, uh, the only thing I'll point out there is that a lot of people – if they come up and hit, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, look at Henry Davis, for instance. Like, he come up, he's hit, 
And he and he struggled a little bit, but he looks different. You can just tell he looks different. And his defense is more than acceptable in right field. It's not perfect, but it's it's acceptable. And the reason that we just go ahead and say Henry Davis is the starting right fielder and that's it and we leave it go at that, no matter how uncomfortable it makes the roster, is because you want his bat in the lineup. Like, if Termar Johnson comes up here tearing it up, it doesn't matter who's here. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter how many years Piguero has put in or Gonzalez has put in. If Termar Johnson is better, the bat will tell the story. And they'll find another place for someone else to play if they have to. There are so many moving parts here. We even talked about like how many second basemen they have. Some of them are going to have to learn to play outfield. And then people are going to freak out. Oh, why are we putting outfielders and infielders in the outfield again? Because we want to find places for bats to live. Yep. That's why. And you don't want to have the holes in the lineup that we've seen this year either. That's the goal. You want it to be one through nine to where, yeah, you're always going to have that guy in a lineup one through nine that's not going to be like the craziest hitter. But no one can doubt here, and I don't think anybody will argue with me on this. There have been lineups consistently all year where you could point to two different spots, mostly one, but sometimes two, where there is a like a visible hole in the lineup. Yeah. That is not what you want anymore. No. Well, that officially went, goes away as of today. Thank God. So uh, that's good. We'll be excited to see that. I have no doubt Andy can hit at this level. But just I, I say with all prospects, don't expect the savior. Expect struggles. They're rookies. That's what happens. And, and keep your head about you. And, and you will enjoy this period of time. You really will. I, I don't. At some point, like, the elephant in the room is wins, man. Yeah. Like, all of this has to start leading to wins. And it needs to be driven by the kids. We said that, I think, on on the opening episode of this season, Ethan. We talked about it would be cool if they won, but I don't want it to be because of all these veterans doing magical things. I want the kids to lead it. Mm-hmm. And they need to. And that's eventually what has to happen. This needs to be driven by Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez and Jared Tritt and anybody in you like, Quinn Priester. Somebody has to step up and lead the charge and, and be the leader of this group. That, yeah. That's what we're hoping to see the rest of the season. And at some point, yeah. And I think this is a direct line to saying, yeah, it has to. It has to happen at some point. Let's figure it out now. And that's where I say, too, just enjoy it, folks. It's going to be fun. I mean, they might lose some games. They might win some games that shock you. They play the Guardians the next three games. Just enjoy it. To be honest, be honest with you, Guardians aren't that great of a baseball team. Neither are we. (laughs) Just, Just being bluntly honest there, too. Guess what? Guess who they play this weekend? The Angels. You have to worry about one player. (laughs) They're not that great of a baseball team either. Go watch Sunday Night Baseball's replay if you don't believe me. Um, (laughs) But the Pirates aren't either. At this point in the season, we're coming towards trade deadline time. Expect some moves to be made. Nothing major. Nothing catastrophic to anything. They're not going to trade three prospects for a starting pitcher. 
And that's where I leave it, honestly. I mean, I don't think there's much else to say about it. We're going to get to see Quinn Priest or Eddie Rodriguez play tonight. I'm assuming Leover Piguero will play tonight, too, with him being called up. We don't have the uh, corresponding moves yet outside of Cody Bolton uh, hugging people in the dugout yesterday, which is usually like that's usually a sign. Yeah. I would assume they're not carrying four catchers. So Jason Delay is probably gone. And the third one is where it gets a little dicey because of, like, the as you said, you need somebody to play infield work. You need outfielders. Do you, like, put down Palacios? Do you put down Connor Joe? That's where that third one gets interesting. We'll figure that out before game time. Uh, Gary, I imagine your five thoughts at five is going to be uh, pretty loaded today. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a, a trip back to the past just to kind of reassess where we are and where we thought we might be and then the path forward and and really what we can start expecting from these kids i mean it's time to like turn the page and we can all focus on 20 and 8 and act about act like we thought something better should be but fact is i just didn't see really a path to fix this earlier and even calling up these kids right now doesn't mean they were ready in may no. You know, <laughs> in fact, I again, I doubt a couple of them are ready right now. But we'll see. It'll be a good time. Obviously, you guys will see me tomorrow. I'll be recapping the first game of the of the Quinn Priester, Andy Rodriguez, Leo Piguero call up extravaganza. I guess is what I'll just call it. So we'll be recapping that on tomorrow's show throughout the week, talking about things that we see. Obviously, Gary has the Pirates fan forum this week, as he always does. You'll see my um recap stories on or recap story on Tuesday. I believe they're off on Thursday this week. Um, yeah. So they're off on Thursday this week. So my recap will be up of the game on Tuesday at inside the Bucks basement. Make sure you listen to locked on MLB after this. Sully's doing a phenomenal job. His immaculate grid uh, rarity score um, thing is like a singular digit every single day. So he's literally a baseball encyclopedia. Meanwhile, I can never fill the grid out half the time. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked on Pirates podcast. Brought to you by eBay Motors and Sleeper. The youth movement is in full swing, folks. Enjoy it. And we'll see you on the flip side.